welcome to the podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is... One Kiss Means Forever! This is the podcast where we talk about our favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that are sometimes talked about in novels, where we date famous people and they deceive us all the time. So today, we are talking about a novel romance, which aired on Hallmark on January 10th, 2015. Um, And here is the book that uh, Hallmark has written about it, and I have some notes. Um, (laughs) I I shall edit in real time. Oh, okay. Romance novelist Liam Bradley has already found massive success with three books, I think it's only two, written under the pen name Gabriel August, but he's mysteriously unknown to his legions of readers. With his first book written as a way to heal after a broken relationship, Liam has slowly become disheartened with writing strictly for romantic fantasy. I don't think it's fantasy. Something evident to a sweet but honest journalist who reviews books. Sophie Atkinson, whom he meets by chance on a plane. The two begin a tentative relationship in Sophie's hometown of Portland, Maine. It's very much Oregon. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Where Liam has come to find inspiration for his newest entry. Liam's agent puts him on the spot with a long-planned reveal of Gabriel August's true identity, but Sophie doesn't know of his public persona. The longer Liam avoids telling her the truth, the deeper a hole he digs for himself. Will their romance survive once his true identity comes to light? And it stars Amy Acker and Dylan Bruce. Wow, that is such a long synopsis. It's a long synopsis, and it's objectively incorrect at times. Like, like I like was reading it, and I was like, Portland, Maine. I'm pretty sure it's not Portland, Maine. And then I was like, no, it's very, very much Oregon. It's very much Oregon. And there's a <laughs> moment in my What the Fuck moments that we'll talk about where I – that was cute about it. So you might know <laughs> the moment I'm talking about. Maybe. Um, so Liam Bradley, played by Dylan Bruce. I like how both the, act, both the actor and the character have two first names. Anyway. That's lovely. Liam Bradley, played by Dylan Bruce, is a writer with a famous pen name. He writes romances under Gabriel August. He's up and coming Nicholas Sparks, pretty much. <laughs> um, I hate Nicholas Sparks, but I'm just putting but that But that's there. what he's writing. Right? Uh, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. Yeah. The covers even look the same. Yeah. Um, and he's good with having this kind of double life. But his latest book has been marketed around him revealing his true identity. He's also suffering writer's block, so his agent, Jackie, sends him to his cabin in Portland to have some peace to write. She'll just move the reveal of his identity there, and all will be well. Just before the plane doors shut, Sophie Atkinson, played by Amy Acker, rushes onto the flight to Portland and is seated next to Liam. She's been bumped to first class for the first time and is thrilled. During the ride, she's reading an advanced copy of Liam's new book and isn't loving it. When Liam asks for her opinion, she tells him not knowing that she's speaking to the author. When they land in Portland, she's waiting for a taxi but running late and Liam has a limo, so he offers her a ride. Girl is getting to live like the 1% today. I know. It's like Cinderella in the ball. At the ball. (laughs) The limo gets stuck in traffic, 
but it's close to Sophie's work, so she thanks Liam and jumps out to walk. He goes after her, wanting to ask her out, but she disappears into the crowd. So Liam heads back to his cabin, which is very much not a cabin, since it has a pool and he has a boat as well, and it's like this whole thing. Anyway, he goes back to his little sanctuary to write, but all he can think about is Sophie wanting to find her. And at the identity reveal, oh my gosh, there's Sophie! (gasps) standing in the bookstore so Liam can't go through with the identity reveal whatsoever and ducks out back the ducks out the back door realizing that Sophie is the book reviewer for a local paper Liam orchestrates bumping into her and manages to ask her out she's hesitant due to her recent breakup but relents and agrees to have dinner with him she first gets her friends to vet him by having them randomly or not so randomly stop by right when he's picking her up and then they go to her local restaurant where she's close with the owner and everybody loves liam no red flags go for it sophie but sophie is still hesitant since liam won't talk about his job or his family granted she has not asked (laughs) (laughs) so fair um So because Sophie has these trust issues, she crashes Liam's lunch with Jackie. He told her he was having a working lunch, so she just shows up. You know, normal behavior. But she recognizes Jackie as Gabriel August's agent, since, you know, Sophie's in the book world. Jackie, being Liam's surrogate mom as well as agent, invites Sophie to join them since she knows that Liam is a smitten kitten. But Sophie still isn't ready to trust Liam. He stops by her work and is randomly asked out by her coworker. Sophie hides in the bushes, literally, and sees the interaction, though Liam has no idea. Liam is n- not given a chance to turn down the date, so Sophie checks in about his evening plans. He tells her he plans to work, but she still shows up at the club where the date would have happened just to make sure he doesn't show, which, you know, he doesn't. <laughs> This this part with Sophie just hit me so hard. I'm like, poor girl. Poor girl. Anyway, um, so finally, Sophie is feeling like Liam is a trustworthy dude. So on their next dinner date, she fesses up to all her little tests of trustworthiness. But Liam was just about to tell her that he is Gabriel August. Now that she's told him she knows he doesn't lie, how is he supposed to say that he has been this whole time? <sighs> Not sure what to do, he heads back to New York to try to convince his publishers that he shouldn't reveal himself at all. But they are super not into that idea. Upon returning to Portland, Liam has about two hours to tell Sophie his alternate identity before he's required to tell, you know, the world. They have a dinner date scheduled, so it should be fine. But Sophie has to cancel, as she's finally able to have a meeting with her editor, who is cutting the book review section of the paper. She is not being fired, but she'll have to change lanes. Not into that idea, Sophie quits, and Liam is just calling and texting and driving around trying to find her before he has to go to the bookstore. Like, they're just missing each other, not communicating. Nobody's fault in that 
particular instance. For sure. And uh, Sophie does not realize the urgency, the like 87 missed calls and text messages. And she's like, oh, super cute. Going to the bookstore. Call you in an hour. Um, she, so she she goes to the bookstore to cover the Gabriel August reveal um, without talking to Liam. Um, Jackie knows that Sophie can't learn of Liam's identity with the general public. That would be just awful. So she pulls Sophie aside and and over to Liam, who finally breaks the news in private, but still like right before the reveal. And unsurprisingly, Sophie takes it very, very badly. Um, she storms out of the bookstore, leaving Liam publicly heartbroken while still having to make this appearance. Four months later, it's another weird four months. I know. Um, <laughs> Liam has returned to New York with a new book he wants to publish under his own name. Not Gabriel August. It's the story of Sophie. He gives it to Jackie to read, who immediately hand delivers it to Sophie. At the first book event in New York, Liam is explaining the change of direction when Sophie appears. They have a public, coded conversation about their relationship as Sophie slowly makes her way to the stage. On stage, they finally kiss, and since one, one kiss, kiss means forever, forever, this author has surely found his lifelong muse and critic <laughs> all right so i'm gonna just go ahead and say that that portland maine oregon yeah, please thing, do um, because there was a, a cute moment when jackie uh knows that she has to show the the new book to sophie when they're in, within that four months you know um mm -hmm. Uh, and she calls her assistant to say, um, cancel all my appointments, book me the next flight to Portland. And then she pauses and says, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was a cute moment because she's like, yeah, she does have to specify which Portland. Um, sure. So I, 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 I typed that not knowing what um, IMDb or whatever, wherever you got the, the synopsis. I think it me. was directly from the Hallmark Channel website. Um, yeah, so I thought that was cute. Yeah. Um, can we talk about this, uh, the initial flight? Yes, please. Let's do it. Okay. So they are flying from New York to Portland. She gets bumped to first class unofficially. Like, it's not, she doesn't get a new ticket. The flight attendant is sort of just like, why don't you just sit there? Yeah. Which is strange. She says your, your, um, your upgrade went through. Why would she know that? I don't know. I don't, and, I, and what is what is an upgrade going through mean? I have no idea. It, but it, so it's like very strange, whatever. But this is not a direct flight. They are stopping in Denver. How did I miss that? They, it, <laughs> I, I spent a lot of, uh, you know, mental energy on this flight. <laughs> So it's one of those ones where they stay on the plane and collect people from Denver? Yes. But that means that if this was not a an assigned seat for her, somebody might be assigned to that seat for the Denver to Portland leg. And I was worried about that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think and she usually... was assigned, but I don't under I don't understand how like an, a first class upgrade would have worked in because she she makes a comment. She goes, you know, you always think these things are going to go through, but they never do or something like that. Yeah. I mean, like, it, you know, I book a lot of flights for my job and people do get upgraded. Sure. Like, it absolutely happens. Um, 
but I just thought that was really weird. I also thought it was really weird that this is like, like he is wealthy. He has famous parents. Like he, he is, he is like a true Nepo baby. Like he might be talented as well, but he is a Nepo baby. Sure. A secret Nepo baby. He's a secret Nepo baby, but there's really no direct flight to Portland from New York. I miss that whole not being direct thing. <laughs> like, I was like, what are you, why are you taking this flight? This seems so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> My thing about the, like, all of the flights in this is, so it's, it's, she's, ta- they're both taking this, this flight to Portland. And now that there's a stopover, it's equally weird. She has to go to work after getting off the plane at the airport. There's been champagne. They drink champagne. And so I'm like, if she has to go to work with the presumably six, seven, maybe now nine hour flight, um, if they're stopping in Denver, when did they leave? Because it is daytime when they land and she has to go to work. Like, I believe they leave at night. I think this is a red eye and neither of them sleep. I thought it was dark when they got on the plane. When I was always confused when they were whatever, but they look fresh faced and bushy tailed. And then oh she's yeah, go no, this is they travel does not phase these people. They can talk. They are good and not sleep. Yeah, they don't need to sleep. Like all I'm thinking about is like I have a red eye in a couple weeks, and I literally bought myself. You're gonna laugh at me, but I, so I'm going with a friend of ours, and I bought this thing. It's supposed to arrive tomorrow, where it is. An eye mask that you hook to the back of the uh, headrest so your head doesn't wobble. That is awesome. (laughs) I was like, for $14 for a pack of two, I'm 100% buying these. Wow, that is pretty cool. Um, Here's another thing I really want to, like, dive into. Why can't he keep having two identities i don't know i think that it's part of like selling the thing to find out who he is but people write under two names all the time right like that's like a it's a thing like it is you know depending on like you can have like multiple publishers and write like especially romance novels they that's kind of like a thing that they do also there are not a ton of authors that i would be like I can recognize them on the street by their face. Yep. And like, I read a lot and I like there, I have plenty of authors where I'm like, I love that person. I love that. Like what they've written. And I just like, I kind of maybe have an idea what they look like. Sure. But like, no. Like Nora Roberts writes under, like writes mysteries under J.D. Robb, you know, but it still says like, like, I don't understand. But I like I don't know what Nicholas Sparks look like. I don't give a shit. Right. I mean, it just like the way they're doing it. They're like, oh my god, he's gonna be so famous, and it's like, does he have to do? He's gonna lose his anonymity. And I was like, no. Are you he, like he? He's more famous for being the child of these two like Hollywood people who died in a, like a boating or plane accident. Yeah. Than he is for being an author. Yeah. It would it would be like if um Surrey Cruz like became an off an author and Katie right. Holmes and Tom Cruise had died 
before. <laughs> you know. Right, but like, but even if they had, like, it's like no, Surrey Cruz is famous because she's Surrey Cruz. She's not like, regardless of what she does with her life, she's always going to be famous. Right. And I feel like that's kind of where we're at. But like, also, like, when was the last time you really heard about Surrey Cruz? She's just like being a kid. Well, sure. I mean, and I think that's sort of the point with this, too, is famous parents, famous by proxy, but they died. He was 19. And so I think he wants to have kind of a relative anonymity because, like, who knows? People would know him because of his parents. But he wants to – that's probably why he started writing under a pen name in the first place was because, like, sure. he didn't want to have that connection and wanted to – they always want to do it on your own steam. But I'm not – but one of the things that Sophie is really mad about is when she finds out about him and he never mentions it, she's like – feels like that's sus. But I'm not sure I would lead with that <laughs> right. like, at all. Okay. So she's like he's not talking about his work. He's not talking about his family. Again, as I said, she does not ask. Like the the thing to be like he doesn't talk about his family would be like like – tell me about your childhood or you know like a pretty you know bland date conversation yeah. would be like where'd you grow up you know whatever are your parents and, still alive or like, right, you know, whatever. like you know like he may have like i could see him being like uh my my parents died and i, I don't like talking about it sure i don't even think that's really sus i think that's but then that's like okay he doesn't like talking about it, it it's a weird thing to be like Hi, let's go on a date and get to know each other. Oh, by the way, my parents are famous and dead. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> like, like you, you barely met this person. You took a picture in the back of his limo. Like, that's it. Like, you know, it's also sort of like, yeah, he would probably, like, she might have recognized him if he had, like, been like, this is Gabriel August with his picture. Like, I still think he could use the pen name forever. Like, yeah, and I think he probably will. I feel like they alluded to some of that because Gabriel August still owes them a book. Um, but I'm not sure. Like, whatever. Publishing yeah. in Hallmark movies is... Is banana pants. It's been, it is banana pants. Yeah. So Sophie has trust issues because she was dating a person who not only cheated on her, but he was a famous person. She dated a pro footballer, a famous person who famously cheated on her, and now she's like, you know, whatever. And that that's sort of one of the big things about this movie where she's like, I not only did I get my heart broken, but I got it in this very public way, so I will never date a famous person again, as if it's some sort of thing to be avoided because she is a book <laughs> reviewer for a local paper. Like, it's not like you're freaking Kate Blanchett and you want you don't want to date another actor or something. You know what I mean? Like, well, uh, yes. First of all, like football player, author, very drastically different type yes. of thing. Number two, why does no one know who she is if this is her issue? Isn't she just as famous if this is a famous scandal? I mean, yeah. It, they, they allude to the fact that she's been written about on the tab about uh, in tabloids and things like that. That's something that they've talked about. But like, I guess sort of my point is, is like, who the fuck are you to think that like, oh, this is something that happens to everyone and is something that should be of like... 
I don't know. I just think it's such a weird issue to have. Ugh, I'm never dating a famous person again. No one right. knows also, my name. <laughs> also, like, that's like saying I will only date somebody who, like, has no ambition and no nothing and, like, would never, ever rush into, like, a burning building to save a child. Like, yeah. Or <laughs> like, win the I mean, lottery like, or, like, I, I or, yeah, or – I don't know. I mean, you just have no idea what's going to happen. Become like, teacher of the month, you know? I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. It just seems like such a strange thing to, like, even try to avoid because how could you possibly know? Yeah. And the average person just doesn't – not everybody is famous and the average person doesn't usually date famous people. So, like, just to have that caveat and the fact that she's like, oh, what a, what a, what a problem to have. I keep dating folks in the public eye. What a bitch. Like <laughs> – Right. But, like, I I was actually thinking about this when I was tweeting last night. Um, The, like, the the lead of the movie last night, you know, somebody was like, why isn't he on Broadway more often? And I, like, looked it up and I was like, he has three little kids because he got married 10 years ago, but he's 33 years old now. So, like, he and his wife got married in their early 20s. Wow. He was not a famous person and who you know like she would never have known like what his career like yeah would have been like i'm guessing doesn't cheat on her because i don't think that's a thing most people do you just hear about it because that's what you what happens sure um but like or they have agreements in their relationship right but then that's not cheating (laughs) right then I, i don't um but like it's like okay i'm dating somebody who wants to be an actor or i married somebody who wants to be an actor great like, you have no idea if they are going to be a background person forever or if they're going to get a Marvel movie. Sure. Like, you just have – that. you don't know. Yeah. And fuck you for saying that they shouldn't do the Marvel movie because you don't want to date a famous person. You don't want to be right. someone famous. Right. If that, if that uh, blessing yeah. were to come to into their life, you know? Yeah. Like, the fact that he was ever – like, Lee, th- when they do this reveal, he gets onto, like, the cover of a magazine, and I was like, this this magazine is not, like, GQ or people. It's, <laughs> it's like, Authors Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the f- – like, no. You think he's famous because it's, like, your teeny tiny itsy-bitsy little world. Right. It's – he's not famous. He's author famous, which is nothing. Which is nothing. <laughs> it's important to the people who know, but – I'm sorry, the other people who know are going to be, like, other women, and he picked you. Like, sorry. Yeah. Like, like yeah. It, you know. You picked each other. You, right. Like, do you trust him or do you not trust him? The famous stuff has nothing to do with it. All of her little, like, antics of, of being – of feeling untrustworthy and, like, going to that bar and crashing his lunch date, I just was so cringy to me. Yeah. But what I didn't understand. So she goes to the bar – to cross the date why not do it the other way around and go to his house and be like you told me you were working and i brought you like a coffee or you know like yeah a far less embarrassing yeah far less embarrassing and then then it's like you get your like weird thing you look like a really nice person and you don't like show up it's just like so much yeah feelings 100 percent. but when you're when, <laughs> when you are when you are stewing in your own anxiety and trauma and insecurity sometimes you're not the most rational person no 
No, it was not a rational choice. No. Um, the other thing I want to just bring up before we jump into Hallmark Arbarks, unless you have something. Um, her website. Uh, a. Um, just like her, her editor actually asked her if she can make money at that. And the answer is no, you cannot. No. Um, she, has a blog. <laughs> she has a live journal and she now it's her career. Like what? Yeah, she's a it's a it's a blog rev- reviewing books. She is a one one woman Goodreads that's making enough money. No, no. that's a hallmark hallmark. It's jobs that you think that, that that will not ever support you. Right. But what I really want to go on to is when she so she has a mock up of her website that she shows to her friend who in my head is Jane Bennett. (laughs) (laughs) But neither here nor there. Um, Four months later, when it is up and running and she's making a ton of money, I guess, at it. It's not only identical, but the same books are at the top of it. So they only made like one they only made one mock-up. Also, like, it's not visually grabbing. Like, I would never visit this website. No, it looks like it looks like somebody did, like, a Geocities or something from, like, the early aughts. Yeah. It's like, it's, like, big blocks of color and, like, a picture of the book and, like, kind of looks like, you know, I, I got the impression when I was little in school, we, we would be like, make this a button. And, like... <laughs> Like that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, it's not. It's not pretty. It's not cute. It looks. It looks juvenile. Like not juvenile, but like amateur. It looks incredibly amateur. Yeah, but the fact that it hasn't been updated in four months like really bothered me. Me too. Um, but yeah, my la- my last thing is sort of just a general tirade, and um, I don't know why I'm picking this movie to do this particular tirade. Maybe it's just my state of mind or whatever. But one of the things that we hear a lot in made-for-TV romances or just romances in general is the man saying she's not like other women. And for some reason in this movie, on this watch, that really got to me because why is it not enough that she's just a cool person? Why does she have to be the antithesis of other women? And also how, in fact, is she not like other women? She reads books she is a person who does fun things like i I just don't understand the argument at like at all like isn't it more special to say that that there's just something about her why do you have to degrade everybody else just to lift her up you know what i mean i don't know It, it bugged me i i completely understand i mean it's the whole like she's the only one who tells me the truth and the fact but the fact is is i am sure other women have you just didn't love them you know jackie (laughs) yes Uh, and so it's so it's it's more special to say like i just have feelings for this person may for whatever magical mystical reason because i am sure that we you will have come across other women who will do the exact same thing have the same interests have the same personalities similar but there's something special about her and so i want death to she's not like other women is my point yeah 
I, I hear that. <laughs> Should we jump into Hallmark Hallmarks? Yes. Okay. I think I have a lot. Yes, there are a lot in here. Um, we have talking to someone about themselves without knowing that you're talking to that person. Yeah. Um, we have the um, you owe us more books in a series <laughs> conversation. We have exchanged names, so we are no longer strangers, and I can go somewhere with you. Um, Which is not – don't do that. <laughs> That's not true. No. Ridiculous Google searches like Sophie, Portland. But I loved that this time there was like 7,000 search, seven thousand things that came up for. When I did say like, did, did he think that would work? No. That won't work. Um. Uh, a trigger is lying. Yes. Uh, my way of saying it was, oh, no, she had her heart broken by a specific kind of person, and she's falling in love with that same specific kind of person, meaning famous. <laughs> we have an orchestrated literal bump into each other. Oh. His parents are dead, <laughs> and life is hard. <laughs> That, that is also on mine. Um, and I had, he likes the one person who doesn't tell him his work is amazing. <laughs> yes. There's a, there's the consistent, you need to tell her the truth. You need to tell her the truth. <laughs> and never doing it. She was engaged once. That was my next one too. Um, she has a really, really bad hiding spot. <laughs> um, there's just deception all over this. All over. We have this scene where it's, I have something to tell you. Yes, me too. Let me go first. And then you don't tell me the thing you were going to say. I called that. She stops him from telling her the truth in order to tell him essentially that she will not take the truth well. <laughs> <laughs> Much more eloquent. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> um, starts a new business without a plan of any kind. Yes. Cre that, was, that was my creating a job that will never, never pay the bills. Uh, we have a number of terrible green screen moments. Yeah. Really bad. Um, I have traveling across the country when you have tight plans. <laughs> uh, she is the reason for his best artistic work. Hi. Uh, quitting a job with not two weeks notice. Yeah. It's, today is my last day. Yes. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You can't do that. Right. Um. A public decoration where they're talking about one thing as if it's another. True. I have a couple, like, weird ones in there. Um, okay. The, uh, we have a re I'm really sad montage. Um, <laughs> and um, I called the public decoration the horse and hound moment. Um, <laughs> uh, but part of that is the public declaration um, that people, the public would have been very confused by. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that, like, I... I it was it's hard to make clear but like i was like oh my god stop having a conversation as if you're not talking to each other specifically i hope they didn't pay but. for that those tickets in that lecture hall oh me too um pretty parade i will say that many of these locations were really really pretty this was just a pretty movie to watch there's a pretty garden the marina the restaurant that has out outdoor seating um and uh, just Amy Acker in general. She's so pretty. Yeah, I was really in love with this quote-unquote cabin. Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, uh, you want me to move in? I'm moving in. 
Yep. <laughs> I did have an anti that's not her okay. website. <laughs> okay. Um, so we have this restaurant that is often a place they go called Lola's. Um, and Lola's is run by um, Charles S. Dutton. And it's like really kind of a sweet little side story. Um, but the way they talk about the restaurant and Lola, his dead wife that it's named after – does not match the interior of Lola. Like it seems like it should be this kind of cute family, like rustic thing. And it feels like, uh, it feels like a yard house or, um, I don't know, like, uh, something that's very it, industrial looking. It's very sports. You know what it, feeling. Lo- it looks like to me? Huh? Um, a window facing hotel bar. Yeah. It really looks like a hotel bar, like a swanky, like boutique hotel, um, or like a Hyatt that's trying to appeal to the like the yeah. young professional crowd. Yeah, that's what it, it does feel like. It because it doesn't have that warmth that I that he, through the dialogue and the relationship, it didn't it didn't feel that. And I was like, would Lola actually be proud? No, <laughs> I I agree. Thank you. I agree. Um. Across the universe? I didn't have any. All right. I had a few. Great. Um, I decided that Nina, who is the same actress as Jane Bennett. That is Bennett in that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, from so. Unleashing Mr. Darcy. Um, they're playing the same part. It's the same part. Yeah. Um, so that was one. And the other thing, this is across my universe. Um. The auditorium at the end. Obviously, this is shot in Canada. This is not actually real. But I'm pretty sure it is supposed to be the auditorium I graduated college in. (laughs) Oh. Because based on, like, they show the arch in Washington Square Park, and then they go south, and that's where, uh, but that's that's where the Skirble Auditorium is. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's and I where think that's what that was supposed to be. That's where the show final showcase is for the organization I work for every year. Yeah. Skirball Center. Yeah. yeah I, I dig it. Um, I will say across my universe, just because you brought up the the best friend, um, she has a short haircut. It's not not uh dissimilar to my own. And uh my husband Billy walked in when I was watching this and saw a couple scenes with her and was she said, You could do that better. <laughs> I was like, thank you, baby. Help me achieve my dreams of being a Hallmark best friend. (laughs) Um, Did you have any new and noteworthy? No. This is pretty well-worn territory, in my opinion. Yeah. Supporting shout out? Casey Manderson, always, even though he was kind of a wet blanket in this movie. Um, Yeah. He he was not terribly supportive. (laughs) No. But I like Charles S. Dutton in this movie, too. Kiss meter. Kiss meter. Uh, so we have two kisses. Three kisses. Three, three kisses. What was the first one? <laughs> uh, the date kiss. The date kiss. Thank you. I gave it a six. I said it only ranks that high because the lighting was beautiful and it was earned in that moment. Oh, yeah, because they were outside the house. Um, but I thought it was a little weird and it looked like they were eating each other's lips like ice cream. Oh. I was a little nicer. I gave it a 6.75. Um, and like I, I 
was fine with the kiss itself. Um, but I didn't like that they said thank you. Oh, yeah. Like, he's, I think he, he says thank you. And I was like, ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I want to thank someone for kissing me, so. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> not like that, though. <laughs> just it felt like very, like. What? Uh, yeah, it just, it, no, no. Fair. Um, the next one um, at like when they're at the cabin, when they're before when he didn't tell her the truth, um, I gave that one a 6.75 um, because I actually thought the kiss was good, but they're sitting down. So that knocks at points and he hasn't told her the truth yet. So I feel it's cringy to be going so hard at her face when you are still keeping something for, from her. Um, I had the exact same reasoning, um, but I gave it a five yeah. because I was just like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't kiss uh, someone with that much abandon when you still are lying to them. Yeah. It was like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Um, the last one so- was on stage. Um, yes. I gave it I gave it a seven, which I, my, what I wrote is it sucks because it seemed like it was a really good kiss. But there was a spotlight on them, and the crowd was watching, and the dialogue was terrible, and whatever. Gross, gross, gross. Again, same. Um, I said too public and too much applause, but the kiss itself was good. <laughs> what was your rating? 7.5. Okay. I was a little nicer. But like... <laughs> You know, right, right, right there with you. Like, mm, ah, don't do this. this, But okay. So, Hannah, would you watch this movie? I think it's pretty sweet. So, like, yes, but there are like a lot of cringe moments. Mm -hmm. So, like, prepare. How about you? I feel the same way. And, I, and it's like, it's so weird. It's so weird because like on on paper, like there, this movie is, I don't know why I like this movie. Just period. Like full stop. And I think it's just because of Amy Acker. I think that she's just objectively charming. Like she's wonderful and cute. I think he's boring. Like so boring. Like he's like an AI handsome man. Like <laughs> he, he is pretty generic white male. Yes. Um, and there's a lot that doesn't make sense in this movie. And some of the some of the dialogue in the scenes are is just awful. Like yeah. there's a I'm going to I want to quote it. I just want to quote it. I think it's the scene on the bridge with that some movies would have just like they would have gotten back together at this point. But the movie has like 10 more minutes. Um, and she says, you belong to the world now. <laughs> and she, and then he Which says, is- but I'm not him. I'm Liam Bradley, and I love you. <laughs> uh, I have I, – I, I, we can't get back into the fact that she's just wrong. He's a fucking author. He's not that famous. Right. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, you just want to, like, punch her. He's like, not Stephen King. Okay. He's not J.K. Rowling. Like, come Even, on. Okay. Stephen King. Great example. Stephen King. Very online. Very – What's the word I'm looking for? He writes a lot. Um, prolific. Prolific. Thank you. Um, I can recognize a picture of Stephen King. Because he's weird looking. That being said, <laughs> if if I passed Stephen King on the street, it would not occur to me that I passed Stephen King on the street. 
I think it would it would occur to me because he does he I mean I say weird looking but he has a unique look. He has a unique look and I've been looking at his face for decades. If I pass JK Rowling on the street, I would not know who she is because she is bland. <laughs> and also whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean though? Like But you see I'd rather recognize JK Rowling on the street so I could kick her. Fair. So fair. <laughs> but I'm also happy that I wouldn't so I could just not engage. <laughs> Because Harry Potter was written by a uh, non-physical entity that exists outside of an actual human person, in my opinion. But we don't need to give her any more money. No. Um, yeah, but but I'd kick her, sir. And I'd kick her, sir. <laughs> um, well, this yeah. was a fun yeah. – yeah. This was a fun one. I'm happy we did it finally. This has been on my list, our list for a while. Um, Amy Acker should just do more of these. Yeah. Um, so make sure you're following us on all the platforms. Uh, we are one kiss means forever where the one and the four are numerals. We try to live tweet the new movies when we can. Um, I forget when this drops, but I think we're we're about to go into a Hannah is home all the time. Yeah. So I will be tweeting a lot. Yay. <laughs> Um, and uh, for, if you want to email us for whatever reason, you can email us at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. And that's all spelled out like you see on our logo. And thank you, as always, to Flint Pastors for our intro-outro music. His stuff's on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, and we will see you in a couple weeks. We shall. See you later, folks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. about it in storybooks and songs. <laughs> <laughs>